I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, the original podcast 100% focused on the MLS fantasy game. On tonight's episode, we're going to recap round one, we're going to preview round two fantasy options, talk price changes with MLS's own James Ballow, and this new Predict 6 game? That's right, it's all on slate today, uh, tonight for this episode, which, by the way, this episode is Brought to you by the Peter Vermees Lip Reading School, now accepting <laughs> students for the 2020 semester. Oh, no, wait, 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 no, that's not it. Uh, actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing community over at Patreon who are our wonderful supporters. We appreciate you so much. And welcome to all of our new Patreon supporters this year. And thank you for coming back if you are repeat Patreon. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partner in fantasy, Blaine Riffle. Mike is uh, off again tonight, had a big work thing come up, so he's he's got to be working on that. But we'd also like to say hello and welcome to our very special guest, James Ballow, Director of Digital Experiences from MLS. Does that get that right? You got that right. You got the very special part right, too. The very special director. <laughs> I think that's a new title we can work on. Ooh, I'm going to have to put in that title change. <laughs> nice. No, thanks for having me, guys. You know, um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, yes. You know, excited to be on here, excited to uh, pull the curtain back a little bit, consider me, you know, the Wizard of Oz a little bit, and uh, looking forward to getting into it. Well, awesome. Well, we're happy to have you here as we teased yeah. on uh, previous episodes, uh, at least at least two episodes. We are going to be talking about price changes and the mechanics behind all of that we've seen a lot of questions out on twitter today and i just knew that that james would be a good one to go to for this because he's talked to us a lot in the discord channel a lot with people on reddit and a lot with people on twitter to try to help figure out what's going on and now that we have one week under our belt we can actually talk about what happened and see real numbers behind all this to help us all make sense out of everything so um before we get started with that i thought we might like to share our scores just so people know where we're coming from and then we'll jump into all this conversation so uh blaine do you want to go first yeah i want to start and put a little just to make me feel good and make sure he didn't start the season in last place he's actually 13th in our league right now i finished 12th we tied 72 apiece so my score was not great this week, um, 72. Um, everything I told you guys last week turned out pretty okay. Keep Bella in your lineup. Do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Switch to Valeri. A lot of the names I talked about were decent point getters. I decided to disregard everything I had said and shot myself in the foot for about 20 points. How'd that, uh, how'd that Zardis thing go out for you? Hey, I'll stick by it. Zardis fan club right here. Um, I'm actually thinking that may become my fantasy name for the rest of the season. Ooh, just go with good. it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna embrace it, and we're gonna see what happens. 
you guys like that, uh, send Blaine a message on Twitter and let us know if you want to have that be Blaine's. Thing. Oh, no, James says no. James, James is vetoing it. Uh, you want to segue into how my team did? Sure. Yeah, so I had this guy Zardas on my team. She <laughs> uh, did, like Blaine. This, this guy on the internet said he was going to do really well. Um, I also faded Vela, Captain Joseph. That oh. didn't work out so well. And then I missed Aaron Long not playing. That mm. ended up auto accidentally ruining in a one-pointer one from DC. I had a bench of DC. And it was just, I, I, you know, I got saved by some Red Bull midfielders. Um, yeah. I ended up with 63. Could have been worse. I, I'm just looking to go up from here. Hey, that's, that's the best thing about this new system, which you know, and I've been talking about a lot on Twitter today, is without the price changes, with players going up but our budget's not changing, next week's a new week, the same budget, you're not penalized, mm -hmm. so just bring it next week, you can still do it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, after all the price changes, I ended up with 125.0, so I could just roll with this again. I don't know <laughs> if keeping uh, Joseph in there is a good idea, but, but Ooh, no, I could technically not. roll. Too soon? No. Too soon? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I had a good week this week. I ended up with a score of 102 points. Uh, that's enough to be the top in a lot of my leagues. Not all of my leagues because you guys mm -hmm. are amazing fantasy players out there. And I want to give a big shout first before I go any further to our very own uh, Patreon member. I'm not going to go through all the Patreon scores right now because a third of you are in first, a third of you are in second, and a third of you are last. So, Sorry. Uh, but I am going to give a shout out to uh, Nakamura, who is a Seattle fan and has his team name Trust Your Gut, who is the number one overall player this week and is one of our Patreon followers. So big shout out to Nakamura. I know that uh, Ashley, who was on the show last week, knows who you are and has uh, given you a shout out on Twitter. I tried to get the Sounders to, to say something to you, and I don't think it actually happened. But uh, big congratulations for being the number one player right now. We're super proud to have you affiliate with us and to be representing the fantasy community. Uh, other than that, in the host invitational head-to-head -head league, it was very close. Uh, James did put up a, a loss in his induction, his inaugural match, uh, but it was against Sherry, who was one of our longtime patrons, and uh, she's she's a tough player. She was right there at the end with me last year. Uh, very tough. Uh, I beat Tim 102 to 58. Mike lost to Andrew Crawler, a very good player, 75 to 80, and then of course Blaine. Given we be a bone, uh, tied him seventy-two to seventy-two. That's seventy-two more points than we thought Andrew would get in the first round of fantasy <laughs> this week. So, so there's all that. Uh, going to chat. Uh, let's see here, Brian. You beat me by one point, sitting at fifth overall. Uh, that's that's really good, Brian. That's a really. I've seen the I've seen 71, 74 points, ninety-one points, eighty-four points. You guys are doing awesome for round one. Uh, so. Let's just jump into asking some questions right now because I think this is good. We're talking points. We're talking price changes. Uh, James, if you want to give a little bit of information about uh, who you are and what you do at MLS and why uh, you're the man to talk to about this, just just go ahead. You said you wanted some time, so I'll give it to you. Yep. Sure thing. So, yeah, a little bit of background here. I've been at MLS about two and a half years, and I've been mostly responsible for the mobile app itself. Um, and in addition to that, then I'm also in charge of the fantasy game any of the bracket games you know the playoff bracket game and we actually did a a world cup bracket game a couple years ago as well um and a lot of other things in between um and so you know i've been working in sports my entire career 
I bounced around from ESPN, MLB, Sporting News back in the day. I was actually a developer of fantasy games. So I've, I've seen it all, been, built a lot of games, played a lot of games, been in charge of a lot of games. Um, and so, you know, for me, my responsibility this year was to grow, you know, try to grow this MLS fantasy game as best as we can with the abilities that I had in front of me. Um, some of that was basically how can we make enough changes to keep things interesting for the fans? You know, that's always number one, while not completely blowing it up and not completely blowing up the budget. You know, yeah, everything costs money. And so we have to weigh the pros and cons you know, each and every year as to what are we doing with fantasy this year? Um, and so we took a lot of time and a lot of care with the changes that we made, you know, reviewed it with a lot of internal stakeholders um, and reviewed it with some external stakeholders. One of them is on, on uh, this podcast right now with, you know, I bounce a lot of ideas off the two of you. And so <laughs> we wanted the game to be fun and familiar um, without breaking the mechanics. And I think we, Landed in a place this year that I'm personally comfortable with. I think a lot of fans are comfortable with. You guys have seemed to react positively. And I think from here, it will only grow. Um, we, we weren't sitting and resting on our laurels after the past two seasons with the previous format. We wanted to kind of push the envelope, make a couple of changes, see what we could do to try to you know, push the numbers in the right direction. Uh, well, speaking of numbers, we, we did just have a question come in from our, our uh, chat from Brian, and we'll touch on this. I don't. I don't think it's anything that people don't know, and that we we shouldn't freely talk about. But uh, we're just wondering how are the numbers looking from from the MLS side? Are you guys happy with what you're seeing so far? Uh, are you hoping they're going to go up? And I know we also mm -hmm. have the predict six as well. How are those numbers looking? Yeah. So I'll say from a fantasy standpoint, the numbers are out there. So we can't say like, oh, that you know that's private. You know, there's close to twenty thousand players for week one this year. It's not that much down from last year. You know, there's on the internet like oh it's you know 50% that's actually not the case it's it's less than 25% down um i will say it was just due to not marketing as aggressively last year we marketed everywhere it was the only game in town and you know we could attribute some of the decline in that um i think that with the changes to the format this year it offers us a unique opportunity to actually market throughout the season that was one of the mm -hmm. goals this year was that in order to to go with the fixed salary cap, to go with the concept of the qualifiers for the Fantasy Champions League, that gives us a much larger window for us to market and promote the game and post on social and feature it on the website, feature it in the app, and have you guys feature it as well, you know, get some of that yeah, organic sure. traffic. You know, we wanted to have Fantasy not just be something that spikes in week one and then immediately drops off a cliff. And then we know from the numbers seeing that by the end of the year, there's a lot less people playing than in the beginning of the year. And you guys obviously know that. So this year, the goal is to keep people engaged, try to win some folks back who maybe have stopped playing throughout the season. And we feel that we have the opportunity to do that all the way through the start of qualifier four at minimum. Yeah, making a big prize available at the end, I think it's a great a great way to do it. Uh, and I actually didn't know that the Champions League was coming, so that was a surprise even for me. Uh, yeah, I want to take full credit on on that idea. You know, we bounced around a couple of ideas <laughs> of just how to keep people engaged and reward people who are playing, who are playing at that elite level. And so we felt like it's not only another opportunity to win money, it's not only another opportunity to get back in the game or have a second chance or a fourth chance. Um, we also just felt like that it was an opportunity to kind of reward those people who constantly perform at a high level um, without the you know full season grind of 
checking a lineup every day. We don't want to penalize somebody for missing one week. Well, let's jump into the price change system. I know we've had a couple of questions in chat and that uh, you've probably seen a lot of your share of questions today on Twitter. I, <laughs> I saw you responding to a few things like a champ. So uh, let's just talk that price change system. Things of players have been adjusted based on their performance, players up and down, and you've done some modeling. What can managers see in the weeks to come with how player price is going to work versus their budget? Sure. So... You know, number one, the, the pricing algorithm itself is, you know, solid based on the past two years. You know, there was out of the gate year one in 2018, maybe some initial hiccups. But since then, we've been fine tuning it. It's based off of, you know, player player performance, and it's based heavily weighted on recency. So, you know, we want to make sure that our initial pricing is the starting point but that real life stats, real life points, you know, end up taking over come week three, four, five, you know, you're really going to start getting into just a player's worth, how he's performing. And so some may say like, you know, Oh, you know, Bella's going to go crazy. Well, <laughs> Bella last year did go crazy. And with this algorithm, you know, he would have been up towards 19 million. And instead of like, you know, I'm not going to be able to afford him. It's more about making the decision of, is he actually worth that money to roster him? And last year, you could actually make the case that he probably was worth 19 million to have, you know, regardless of what your own personal team value was. Um, so this year, we think that right now everyone thinks it's easy to make a super team uh, based on how week one went. You know, it wasn't obvious, you know, who was going to perform well this this week. And so um, I think that as player players' prices climb, what their value will be is is what their points uh, that they've earned. Um, is. I think so. Um, I think it'll be very fair. I think everyone will have the same roster value. So to, to me, it was it was leveling the playing field in that regard. And we also have the ability that if for some reason things get out of hand come August and everyone feels like they need to start scrubs and bench players, then we can look to raise the cap. But we don't expect it to happen, but we're certainly actively monitoring. I'm playing the game. I'm trying to beat you guys in the leagues. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I'll make sure that everything works out as fair as humanly possible. Yeah, I know. I've seen that a lot on Twitter where people saying, this is easy, I'm not going to play, this is this is garbage. I mean, but I've said on Twitter and to people listening now, I say again, I mean, let's do it. Prove it. Let's come out there. You have $125 million. Player prices have changed some. If it's so easy, let's go out there. Go beat Nakamura. Go beat, go beat Skyler. Go beat the, the Black and Red and... And FC Star Fox, some of the best players that I know who interact in this community. Like, let's <laughs> see it. Like, let's just put it out there. If you're the best FPL player, the best Bundesliga player, I want to see you jump into our game and just show me how easy this is. Because I really don't think it is. I don't think it's as easy as people like to say it is. Um, yeah, and we, and we wanted to make sure that the advantage of building a you know, team value, you know, with that going away, there's still you know advanced veteran tactics of, of auto-roos and switcheroos and keeper ruse and all the other ruse that you can think of um and and there's still some advanced tactics we we entertain the idea of just pick any 15 you want and the best 11 you know score for you we entertained no bench we entertained no salaries you know we we were we were throwing everything um on the table and felt like we, we landed in a place where this is another step that we can build on that come the end of the year we'll do the same process we'll think it over we'll say how did the changes perform this year how did the algorithm perform for price changes what was the 
end of the year fan sentiment. How do the numbers look? And we'll take that all into account and hopefully continue improving next year. So a question I threw out on Twitter this afternoon was about template teams. Had that come up with uh, with a couple of tweets, and I thought it was actually a really good question to cover tonight. And so my question that I'll pose to you and Blaine tonight, James, that I had on Twitter was, how do you define a template team? And the follow-up is, do you think this system promotes that? So to me, template teams is actually something we ran into last year, which is you got to start Vela or you have to captain the right guy. You have to play the right double game weeks guy, guys, just to keep up. And so for me, the changes that we made this year with the double game week change um, and even the roster value change to me goes a long way with trying to eliminate the template teams. The like, I feel like I have to have a certain player in my lineup in order to just break even. What I want is people finding the hidden value, finding the, you know, the differentiator, you know, starting someone taking a chance and having that payoff rather than I have to have Velo and like, or do I go Zlatan or Rooney? You know, that was the discussion you know, all of last year. Um, I think with the increasing player prices and the fixed budget, the decisions are going to be tougher and tougher. And I think the concept of template teams, it's not even template teams. I think it's just like must own players. And, and I think that yeah. that's going to continue to go away. It's really going to be, where do I want to, you know, where do I want to spend my money? Do I want to put my eggs all in one basket? Do I want to spread it out? I think that's where some of the interesting strategy will take places here. Blaine, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I love it. I was a big advocate for this and we saw a lot of variance on the rosters already this year. Um, I just look around at the dream team and saw certain guys that people had and certain ones that others didn't looked at a few of my opponents lineups and there was a lot of variation there already. And I think it's just going to keep continuing as we see the prices adjust to where players should be. Yeah, I did some uh, just dirty research this afternoon looking at the, the top 10 fantasy teams and the dream team out there. And uh, I agree with what uh, with what Mike said about template teams. He can't be with us tonight, as I said. But um, Mike's response about template teams is if you have a team that you feel like you it's the, the most common uh, players amongst the top few teams, or if you have at least seven players that are the same across all teams, and I think it's because, like what James said, you have to have them. I have to have Vela. I have to have this goalkeeper. I have to have this, and because they're all on double game week, so I have to have these guys. Uh, I think that's a good way to look at it, but but looking at the first, first round, which is always kind of a, a scatter, we had 49 different players that were used in the top 10 teams. Now, this is adjusting a little bit for some of those scrubs that we used for, for Switcheroos. Uh, of those 49 players, seven of the players were used in five of the top... Sorry, we're using at least five of the top 10 teams, with only two of those seven players actually being in the Dream Team. So if you were trying to make a Temple team this week, you were wrong. So I think that's the biggest suggestion, that this is not trying to encourage a template. We had uh, Molino, Velo, Price, and Hirudi not in any of the top 10 teams, and those were all guys who were in the Dream Team because they had a, a great round, and I think all those guys were also under 10 million. So easy on your budget. So I think this new system is encouraging us to feel free to take some of those risks 
and play with it. And and right now, I'm not seeing a template. Uh, and for those of you who think there are, keep up with some of these stats. I know I just looked at 10 teams. Maybe it's better to look at 100 teams or 1,000 teams to see if something's template. But um, I had some different players as well. The only person who was in every team in the top 10 was was Paolo from, from Seattle. So um, I don't know if we had anything to do with that. I do feel like sometimes <laughs> this podcast does contribute to making template teams. Uh, but one of our goals is to try to just give you lots of options and then and then go from there. But uh, I I don't think we'll see that. And I think especially the double game week, James. James, I think I think that double game week change is going to be awesome. And I'm going to be trying to write some articles this year to try to help give people other options for if you miss the Wednesday week game, midweek game, what can you still do and adjust to get your players going? Uh, the last question I have, and I'll let Blaine ask a couple, but what I've seen from Twitter is everyone wants to know. What happens if I blew my budget on the first round and now I'm over my budget? What's going to happen to my team if I can't change by kickoff? We're going to annoy the heck out of you. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it didn't happen to me, but, you know, a lot of people have noticed that with the price changes this morning, suddenly you have big red banners across your screen. You're over the budget. Please make changes. And, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is like, what the heck is this? You know, why, why did this happen? This is... It was a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I'm never playing this game again and forget MLS. Um, and so we're hoping that the way I played last year, I'll use my personal example, is I'd come in every week and hit clear anyway. You know, for me, it was mm-hmm. play the matchups each week, play home and away. There's buys, there's double game weeks, mm-hmm. guys get hurt, guys come into form. So for me, it was clear it out, read some fantasy boss um, tips, go against that. And then, um, you know, try to perform pretty well, you know, basically picking a roster each week. So um, for folks who go over the salary cap, you know, the rule is that you have to be under the salary cap essentially by the last kickoff of the week um, in order to earn points for that week. We will be sending out emails to every manager who's over the cap. Um, I think it's either Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on the week, depending on when the first match of the week is. Um, And we'll probably re-remind those people come Saturday morning. Um, just because that would make the most sense. So we have a plan to communicate that. We have, you know, the rules are in place, big, bright red banners. So I think after a week or two, it just becomes second nature. Um, and that's really what we'll, how we'll handle that situation. Blaine, any questions you want to have before we start talking about Predict 6? No, I'm just happy with the changes this year. I want to say again, thanks to James for everything he does. I know he's been responsive to a couple of my questions and concerns on when I've reached out to him on Twitter. I know I pointed a bug out to him today that he jumped on right away. And I know there was a player missing over the weekend and he was on it within five minutes and starting to check it out. Uh, Just somebody who hadn't been added to the fantasy game yet. So I just want to say a big thank you for all the changes and all the hard work because you keep this game going for us and we appreciate it. Thank you for the praise. You now have a roster budget of 140, but just, <laughs> just plain. Thank you. It's, ju- it's yeah, just plain. Yes. And and I saw I saw a really fun idea from uh, Amito on, on Twitter, and, and maybe you get to test this one out, Blaine. For every million you don't use on your team, you can now just add that to your to your score too. So each, each million oh, is nice. an extra point for you. There you go. I, I actually like that idea. I thought that that was very creative where – any leftover money so you you leave two million in the bank does that translate it to two points you know that that's that's a super creative suggestion that i don't think anyone had even thought about and i i like that added wrinkle and we may have to uh look into that 
not for this year. No, no, I thought it was. I actually thought it was pretty fun too. So Beto's yeah, Beto's a pretty good player as well. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, he's uh, he's not eligible for prizes, which is a sore spot. But we still like him <laughs> very much. Uh, but you talk about the hard work James has done. We can't ignore predict six if we're going to talk about the hard work i know that mm. that's that's one of james's babies and super fun this first week i was a, i had a little bit of advanced knowledge of this that just something was in the works of trying to do something else and i did not expect the added ripple of those more specific predictions not just who wins who draws who loses i guess but uh the little extra layer and it surprised me that it was all different of who's going to score first what the total is going to be and i i love that so much so where did that come from and what are your hopes going forward with that yeah i can kind of give a little bit of background you know mls and mgm has entered into a business relationship of promotion and mgm is the official gambling uh partner of mls soccer and so as part of that agreement you know we worked on this what we call free-to-play game. Um, it's a predictor-style game. Um, and and the goals for us, you know, it, it was actually a perfect timing because we knew we wanted to do something in the casual space. We know that we get great success with the bracket game. We know that fantasy is more in-depth for more of the, you know, hardcore user. So we wanted something that was like casual fun. You could fill it out quickly. We wanted something where we could offer up that big jackpot prize um, to really grab attention and we wanted something that was weekly we knew that fantasy even though with the change to the budget cap that it's still not a weekly game we didn't want to turn it into dfs so the combination of the partnership with mgm and our desire to have this more casual game you know those hit at the perfect time and we rolled out you know came up with the idea for predict six we knew we had to do a predictor style game we knew it was going to be mm -hmm. based on picking win draw or away win and the, the what we call secondary predictions, their prop style bet questions. You know, we wanted to have that tie into what a gambling experience would be like without obviously gambling. So, <laughs> um, you know, each week we editorially select six matches. There's no coincidence that they're national TV matches and or great storylines. And then from there, you know, it's editorially selected which, which secondary pick for each match. Um, and we, we, we played this game with Google Sheets. I actually created a form and wrote a couple of complex formulas, and we played this last year um, towards the end of the season into the playoffs and really honed in on what's the scoring system or what would it take for a user to win the jackpot? What would it take for a user to win the guaranteed weekly prize? And, and we really, you know, this was, again, I had a crazy Google Sheet on this, and I treated it like my new baby, and... Um, <laughs> We're really, really happy where it got to. For me, it was wonderful playing Saturday and Sunday because I had only seen this with simulations. And for myself, I was proud. I went six for 12. I did pretty good. Um, <laughs> and so I could really see throughout the week, throughout the weekend, see how many people are still perfect. You know, we're really going to be focusing on that throughout the week in the storyline of six, you know, there's still six perfect entries. You know, so-and-so is still in the running for the jackpot 50 grand. Um, so we're hoping that somebody gets up to, you know, 10 going into the last match. And um, we'd love for somebody to win a jackpot. That's for sure. Um, it'd be a great story. And we'd love to uh, make somebody's day with that. <laughs> I know. I, I definitely loved it. I, I was only 5 for 12 myself. I missed all of the little secondary 
picks on on the second round. I nailed two of them at the beginning, but I I blew that LA Chicago game. I thought that was going to be a bit more of a blowout uh, than it than it was. So um, yeah, but uh, no, I've loved this. I love this so much. Uh, how did the numbers look for the participation this year for the first round for this? It's funny. I was actually spot on with my estimate of how many players. I'm not actually releasing that info. It's not necessarily That's public, fine. but but we're happy with where it's at. And again, this is brand new. You know, it was released Thursday, and <laughs> so we're looking to kind of build an audience week over week. It's it's everyone has a, a new chance to play. It's going to be featured in fabulous shows um, like Extra Time and um, our weekend preview show, and so you know, really looking to kind of build an audience there that's mm-hmm. supplemental to fantasy. We're looking for crossover from fantasy into this game and vice versa. You know, we're going to be, you know, targeting folks that are playing predict six and say, Hey, you know, you still can win the qualifier league in fantasy and, and make it into the fantasy champions league for a chance at more wonderful MLS prizes. So um, we're happy with where the numbers are. We're doing heavy, mar- heavy marketing. We're going to be doing, you know, heavy promotions, content tie-ins, things like that. And, and, mm-hmm. Everybody in the organization is excited about it. So I was totally ready to come out here and give suggestions on who people should be targeting, but round two's not up yet. Can you give us like a preview of one or two of the games we might see? We don't want James fired, so no is is an okay answer. But I can't click next yet. What we have here. Give me one moment. Got it. Here. Uh, Here we go. Breaking news right now on the podcast, everybody. I will say that we like our expansion clubs. Okay. And we like our nationally televised games. And I think one of the more interesting matches that you'll have to choose will be the last match of the six that features a team that just lost a superstar. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds fun. That sounds like a game I might particularly be interested in myself. So, and I'm probably mistaken. That's not actually the last game of the week. So. <laughs> it's just in that order. But it might be there. It might be there. It might That's be awesome. there. It might not be there. But no, I think this was super fun. Uh, longtime followers of MLSFantasyBoss.com will know that I've kept up a chart uh, of ELO mm-hmm. rankings with MLS, and so a lot of this is very familiar. Uh, and I'm trying to hope that that chart will work for me. My chart with ELO, though, is predicting on who will get points. So draws are lumped in to wins in a certain sense. So uh-huh. it's not as great at predicting a win, and it doesn't separate out draws. So I can't I can't get those numbers. So I'm sure someone has a better a better system out there, and I hope you get in there and win yourself fifty thousand dollars. But uh, this is this is cool. This is super cool. Yeah, and I will say this: the uh, the points you can earn for each of the outcome picks is actually based on the live odds at the time of publish. And so, if you need any help as to who to pick, you can actually just kind of rely on <laughs> the lowest number is technically the favorite. So um, you'll be seeing this weekend that um, you know, a heavy home favorite is going to be worth a lot less. You saw it this weekend mm-hmm. with with the LAFC match. You had to pick LAFC for only 10 points. You could have went with Miami for 50, taking the chance. But, you know, 10 points is better than zero points. Yeah, James, that segues right into one of the questions we had from chat. What matters more in your final standings on the week? Number of correct predictions or points scored? So 
it depends on how you want to play it. And that's one of the interesting wrinkles of this game is that in order to win the $50,000 jackpot, you have to go perfect 12 for 12. Um, but we know that that's a tough proposition. And so, you know, you could go with a strategy of, I know I'm not going to go perfect 12 for 12 and instead try to pick some upsets and, you know, for example, go with Colorado on the road and you would have got yourself 40 points instead of my pick of DC and a, a big fat zero. And so, I think that you personally have to weigh how you feel about your chances in winning. You know, I think the $50,000, it's almost like a lotto quick pick where you just make 12 choices and you cross your fingers. Um, I think that again, it's kind of like fantasy where you got to be right to earn the points. And so Mm -hmm. I, 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 my, 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 my strategy is to just try to get as many right as possible because that's that's going to result in points and that's going to result in no notoriety in the mls offices where we can't actually win the prize <laughs> uh, a little... i think by talking to you guys i don't know if you could win now because you're like friends of an employee <laughs> well i just assumed that we couldn't anyway but uh, it's all for fun <laughs> yeah. it's all yeah. for fun uh just like uh Brian Smith just pointed out in chat that he said uh, <laughs> you might need to work on growing out your beard sign if you're going to come back on the show sometime. Which I told him yeah, we that, actually had this discussion before, uh, whenever we first invited you to the show. This is like two weeks, man. It's, <laughs> it's the stress of the season start just like made my beard fall out. Mm-hmm. We oh. get it. We get it. Uh, well, that's been some great information. Uh, is there anything else, Blaine, that you have or anything else from chat you guys want to ask ask uh, James before we get a little bit back into talking about the round one and going into round two? Um, one question I had as a follow-up for the Predict 6, when do you plan on that rolling over every week? So we have right now a plan to Push. essentially publish the match slate each week, noon Eastern on Thursdays. You know, that may change. We're looking to feature weekend matches just because, again, nationally televised takes precedence here. But also there's just more time to allow for editorial selection of the matches, the secondary secondary picks. Um, so as of right now, it's it's Thursdays, noon Eastern. Um, but we're, we may look to actually bring that up earlier. It's sometimes hard with, with double game weeks to actually know uh, the interesting storylines, the matches we'd want to feature. And even technically the odds may not even be available for a weekend game earlier in the week. So um, all that combined right now, we're looking at Thursdays. Thanks. Fantastic. Uh, Let's see here. I think we're good. Uh, Double. uh, We had one question about the double game weeks, but uh, those are always going to be split so that you have uh, the highest of the two scores. And I'm correct, James, that you cannot pick up a player just for their second half game. Once they play their first game, they're locked completely, right? Yeah, they're locked completely. We don't want the ability for... It's just too complex on the back end. We wouldn't want to introduce that type of risk um, to bring that in. Oh, and one last thing. I heard a rumor that the players were locking with the actual kickoff and not the televised broadcast start is that correct or is it still like if it says one o'clock that team locks at one or does it lock more at like 115 when the kickoff actually happens i think your rumor's wrong i'm okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's the scheduled start time which is never the kickoff time and teams love doing intros and celebrations and 
fireworks and pyrotechnics. <laughs> and, I thought and, it, I thought it was, but I just wanted to, yeah. to check to be sure because that seemed just too chaotic to me. It was like you or someone had to be sitting there being like, "All right, whistle, go, lock." So it's less chaotic and less manual than you make it out to be. Oh. Um, you know, but it, it would still be based on, you know, the official data feeds that come from our stat provider. And, and those are generally reliable. There wouldn't be a way for somebody, you know, even if there was a goal scored within the first five seconds, it would be really hard to try to quickly pick that player up and save before the match locks. So, you know, that's another area where we're looking to constantly improve it. it it's with this fantasy game specifically, where you're looking for lineups to come out, you have a couple of matches overlapping or starting at the same time, and it's scheduled for one o'clock and it locks, and the match doesn't actually start for another 25 minutes. You know, and you're like, I wish I had that 25 minutes to do some more tinkering and get Zardas in my lineup and make him captain. You know, I, th I think that where where we can improve, that would be one of the places that I'd love us, for us to improve. Awesome. Uh, well, that's all that we have for for those specific questions, the shooting gallery for you. Thank you so much for that. If you're game, uh, I'd love to talk about some uh, fantasy takeaways. Hey, Lily, some fantasy takeaways that you and Blaine had from uh, this first round. So uh, Blaine is currently combing his daughter's hair. For those of you joining us with YouTube, you have that privilege. Uh, James, just some big surprises or takeaways you had fantasy-wise from round one, if you would like to share. You know, for me, that NYC... FC match just went the complete opposite of what I was thinking. And and I didn't have necessarily any of those players. I didn't take a chance on, on any, any NYC players. But to start off that early with that red card, you know, it, it just kind of oh put gosh. a whole wet blanket on the game. And, and for me, that was, you know, it, it's hard to know now going into week two, like what to expect out of, out of NYC, um, especially when they're going against Toronto, a little rematch of the playoffs. So I think that that's, <laughs> Yeah, we haven't gotten a good look at them. And then for me, the other real interesting one was, was you know, LAFC only scored one. <laughs> so, you know, the questions are like, were they just yes. gassed? Um, so I, I, I'd, I'd like to see what they do at full force. For sure. I, I agree. That was that was just wild, especially, I mean, I definitely disagree with, uh, with Andrew on the instant replay this week. I, I felt like that red card was a was a bit harsh. I mean, I get it. It was the foul with, with the dial of the goal-scoring opportunity, but that just looked like such incidental contact from tracking a ball, trying to turn and run. That that just seemed harsh, especially so early in the game. Uh, a big a big surprise that I had fantasy takeaway was D.C. Colorado right there at the beginning of the week. Uh, I know we were... We were fairly high on Colorado. I had a couple of their guys in my top defender picks, top 20 defenders at the beginning of the season, which I got some crap for. Uh, but I felt that they held up very well against DC early on. And uh, I was I was uh, encouraged. I was disappointed to see DC not really get all of its offense going. But seeing Flores come in there, I thought he was a great addition. You could see some of the potential that he had. But uh, just seeing some more of that Colorado defense, I liked what I saw. And fantasy-wise, I think they are definitely going to be options going forward uh and then dallas i i guess i had heard paxton pomacall was a little unsure what we'd see and he came right back in there and then we've got cobra going on so dallas does seem to have some good fantasy options right there to take a look at uh blaine any couple of quick takeaways from you yeah um nashville looked really good playing against atlanta i know joseph got hurt part way through but i i watched 
I got to watch about the second half and they look solid. I had a lot of hope that they were going to get the draw there at the end. They just, they looked good for a really good for an expansion team and not a team to bet against. Definitely. I know we kind of all warned about that to start the season. Don't be betting heavy against them. They've got a lot of MLS experience to come in and they played well. That is for sure. Uh, And of course I can't, not forget to to say i think fc cincinnati had a very good showing against the new york red bulls getting a couple of goals mm-hmm. is uh way better than we have done in the past so i think i don't know if they're going to be amazing this year still with some of the other turbulence but i think there may be actual legitimate options every now and then with with an fc cincinnati player i uh, had a question come through here at least from uh about Atlanta with what impact Martinez's injury is going to have on their options. That's the huge million-dollar question right now. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with with a replacement, except clearly it's not going to be Daniel Sturridge at this point. Um, perhaps he can focus more on Predict 6 and MLS Fantasy than whatever he was doing. But uh, it's going to see what happens with them, see what happens, how Barco and Pity adjust i think that's going to be the big question and for me that almost makes me want to hold off a little bit on atlanta to see what happens with ccl and with with this adjustment how are they going to play uh, that's if you want to take the risk then you could, you're just gonna to have to pick either probably pity or barco and just see who happens to step up or wait for the lineup but that is going to be the big question that all of us are dealing with and personally i like to approach these fantasy issues from give me a game give me something to actually look at and analyze before I, I take that stab because there should be safer bets for round two that you can look at with those options. Even though it could potentially be... And, and also, if, if FC Cincinnati's not doing as bad, if they can't put up some goals, uh, it, it may not be the blowout that people are thinking about either. So we can see right there. Uh, anything else that we need to cover? I thought it was, it was awesome seeing Kevin Molino get some goals there. And get involved at the end with Minnesota starting to score. Um, yeah, um, that kind of leads into what I one of those things I had. We saw, you look at the midfield list, and there's only a handful of guys that scored double digits in the midfield this week. Molino headlines that with 14. Um, it's a lot of guys that play centrally, uh, either front to back or just are playing in that number 10 role. Um, that's where Gressel got slotted in this week. He had the best score for midfield in D.C. I mean, top 10, 15 performance for midfielders. Uh, Palo for Seattle got 10. I mean, that's another good one. Royer was listed as a forward in the lineup in a 4-4-2, but we know what he's capable of. I mean, and then Roldan's a guy I had last year in my draft league. Um, Really good back to front, really good linking play. You saw a lot of these guys that maybe not the biggest headliners, but they're all playing that 10 role, and they're doing really well. Another guy who started off cheaper, uh, Hindman for Atlanta. I mean, that's another guy to look at to pick up some slack. Um, But he was playing more centrally. And those guys that are linking up passes or being the creative spark on their team at whatever price point, those are the guys that are excelling. And just don't forget that going forward with all of the extra budget and the switcheroos. Like we saw, those are the guys in the midfield that excelled. And those are the guys you should be targeting for either your bench options to hopefully have a good game or just to get you steady points. And of course, we'll have to wrap up with our takeaways from saying that both Nashville and Miami had a pretty good showing. So mm-hmm. uh, keep an eye on them. You may have some good value options. You may not necessarily bet against them every week. So keep an eye on that. Uh, let's jump into our housekeeping segment now. If uh, And if James is so 
inclined. After this, we'll do some do some picks. He's a little worried, but uh, this is this is just Monday. We are doing the initial reaction, so teams are fluid. Teams will change. Our biggest hope is that this is going to be a foundation for you all listening going forward. Uh, but start with some housekeeping. Round two starts on Saturday. That's March seventh at one thirty p.m. with New England versus Chicago. Interesting match. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, there are no double game weeks. We don't have that until, I think, round three or four. Uh, no double game weeks. No, oh no, bye weeks coming around three or four. Uh, no double game weeks, no buys. Uh, so it's just a straight-up match. Uh, everything's out there. should be pretty easy. The big twist in this match is that we have two teams who are playing on Sunday, and that's Portland-Nashville and LAFC versus Philadelphia, which is going to set up some interesting switcheroo potentials. Again, I know we were frustrated about LAFC playing near the end of last week. Well, they are very last this week, so that will set up some difficult decisions. Speaking of switcheroos, if you want those teams, if you want those players, look at Vancouver, look at LA Galaxy, look at Seattle, look at Columbus, if you're willing to wait until near the end of Saturday. If you're looking at trying to work in some players from any of the Sunday teams, you're going to want to look at Nashville and Philly uh, are the likely ones. I say this because Portland would be a good one too. You probably aren't going to have three players from those teams. Um, you might have a couple from LA, maybe three. So you don't want to have a switcheroo from a team that you might have three players from. It's just going to have your flexibility be poor. Uh, the other update I want to say about switcheroos is I got a few questions last week from people about the switcheroo. I have a video at MLSFantasyBoss.com, and it's linked at r slash MLS subreddit. I'll repost it so it's at the top of the page at Fantasy Boss after this podcast. Uh, but there's some explanations from 2019 about how to switcheroo. Be very careful if you are using two defenders with your switcheroo. You have to have a valid team formation for the switcheroo to work. So you have to have three defenders. So if you end up having three defenders that don't play, you're going to get a zero from somebody. If you're using two defenders as your switcheroo, you have to have two defenders on your bench subbing in. That's what I did this week with with my team. I had, um, I had Ziegler and I had Ruan that came in off the bench. And then my two switcheroos on my field were a, a defender and a midfielder and that gave me the flexibility I need to make sure I could have in my case Pozuelo also come in to have all three of those guys replace. I actually had Valenzuela originally on my team playing but you want to have your first day in this case the Saturday teams on your bench so you can see their scores first. So when I found out that my defenders did well I changed Valenzuela to a do not play player coming up with Minnesota then later in that week. So uh, that's sort of a, a little bit of an insight into the switcheroos because I know we had some people with some questions for that. Just be really careful if you have two defenders as your switcheroo players. Uh, then as far as injuries go, we touched on the big one. Joseph Martinez is injured, uh, completely out for the rest of the season. So that is going to have a huge impact onto uh, Atlanta and how they play. And then Cheneau had the red card. So that's going to impact uh, New York as well. And in some of their games. Plus, we have CCL games that are coming up. Those are actually going to be played not this coming week, but next week. But just watch out because that will create some congestion with teams having to play three games within the course of two weeks. Uh, could be the recipe for some rotation. So keep up with all of that. Uh, anything, Blaine or James, that I have missed that you need to make sure people are aware of for this coming round? Not that I can think of. Nope. All right. 
Well, then let's jump right into segment three, our top player targets for round two of the MLS fantasy season. And I looked through the questions on Reddit and some of the Twitter questions before. A lot of them were about questions for James and which players to pick this week and some switcheroo. So I think we've covered most of them. If not, please feel free to uh, send me a message on Twitter or to respond again on Reddit if your specific question was not asked. Or join us in live chat because I'll be going to these guys as well. So let's start with the most promising games. And this could be uh, whatever you want to... Uh, Whatever you want it to be, either the one you're most looking forward into watching because you think it could have a lot of fantasy players in it for you, or the one you think will just get the most raw fantasy points. So, James, what's your most promising fantasy game for round two? Yeah, I'm looking number one right at that LA Galaxy Vancouver game. Mm -hmm. um, Galaxy at home, not a lot of hopes for Vancouver this season. Um, they, you know, didn't perform well at home. And now they got to go on the road and face a, you know, LA Galaxy team that's pretty good. I think that you know another match with Chicharito, you know, under the belt that'll just, you know, they'll be more cohesive. And and I think that uh, I think there's plenty of goals to be scored. Blaine, what about you? Yeah, since he took that one, um, <laughs> stole your thunder. No, no, that's a good game. Like, I'll just give a different one out there. Um, I'm still looking at um, DC to start the season hot. Uh, Miami, uh, they only gave up the one goal, but this is an expansion club. DC at home, um, that's one I'm willing to take a risk on again. And the other one I'm really kind of heavy on. Um, I feel rejuvenated after last season. Uh, sporting looked really good up on the road in Vancouver, and I expect them to continue that at home against Houston. Those are both good games. L.A. was actually my top one, James, so you did steal that one from me. My second game that I'm also pretty interested in is uh, Dallas versus Montreal. I really liked what I saw from the Dallas players in round one. Uh, Montreal did not do so hot. They've got some CCL stuff going on, so I think that's a good opportunity uh, for some points as well that people should keep an eye on. Maybe it may be a three-player game. I don't know. That that might be a bit much, uh, but I think you could at least talk me into two players from Dallas. So I really like that potential right there. So let's start talking uh, keepers, defenders, and clean sheet chances. So uh, I'm going to kick this one off since we don't have Mike with us, and I'll give James and Blaine some time to think. This is this is a tough one. Only one one round of defenders to get some of that information. Not many clean sheets last week so you really want to find defenders who are going to generate bonus points uh, for me that means i want to look at center backs the the wingers most of their points are going to come from the offensive point generation so you're looking for those key passes and assists which aren't as many but those good defenders in the middle of the field can really rack up those clearances blocks and interceptions and recoveries that that help get those points going so uh, i'm going to start out with uh lalas abubakar i think he did very well Last week mm -hmm. uh, against DC, I could he did not get a lot of bonus points, but he was playing very far up the field trying to track Flores a lot. So I think if he's able to sit back some more, which might be able to happen against Orlando, maybe not have a marker, then uh, he could really rack up some good points. So I, I think he's a good shot, pretty cheap, under $6 million. Uh, Again, Segura, he plays late in the round, but he just was fantastic with generating those points right there. Uh, Anybody from Dallas. I mean, all of those Dallas guys did really well. Hedges is one you're going to look at. If you do want to go offensive, I think Hollingshead's always a good shout as well. But but Hedges is probably a top target for me this week. Um, maybe DC 
I'm going to say maybe uh, some some heartbreak definitely last week has maybe take DC down a couple of notches. Orlando was not, uh, sorry, Miami was not awful last week. So you might consider burn bomb right there. So it, just just keep an eye. But but the real one that I think is interesting is uh, Martins from Sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's coming there. All of Sporting Kansas City's players did really well. Martins in particular. Look pretty good, so I think I think that might be an option for defense. Just some ideas. I'm sure there's a few other teams you guys might like out there, but those are some of the players that jump out to me right now as worth considering. Um, all of these guys are at home. I'm not really sure about road players um, as far as keepers go. Some of this overlaps with defenders as well. Uh, David Bingham, I think, would be an option you could look at. I think uh, Vermeer, after doing so well with LAFC last week. Is, is a very good shout. You just He's playing at near the end of the week, so you have to be careful with that. It's not going to be great for a keeper-roo. Uh, Clint Irwin could be a fantastic keeper-roo option this week. Plays really early in the round. They're not really early. Plays in the first week, uh, but if Colorado can do well against Orlando, that, that could be some easy points right there. Not too expensive. Um, and maybe Stefan Fry. Columbus didn't score as many goals as I think we had hoped they would. And Seattle did a little bit better maybe on defense than we thought that they might. But he, he could be another option right there out the gate. But um, just just some good options right there. Blaine, who do you want to add? Um, yeah, you stole my thunder with Martins. There. Bam! I thought he was going to fly under the radar. You talk more Chad, about him. Oh, yeah. just <sighs> Sporting plays that narrow 4-3-3 a little bit. It allows him to come up, up as a left back and overlap. Um, he's getting a lot of advanced time on the field uh, when they're doing well. And he's been playing pretty decent defense as well. So, I mean, hard to hard to overlook a guy like that. Um, Chat's talking about it a little bit. Hollingshead, Hedges, or Ziegler for FC Dallas. I think those are three good options. I could always see taking two of these guys. Um, I don't know how it's going to shake out this year because we haven't seen it yet. Ziegler has been on penalty kicks from time to time for FC Dallas, and that's huge for a defender. Um, anytime you get somebody like that taking penalties, they are worth grabbing if they have a good matchup. Um, I don't know with Andrasic coming on the way he has if he's going to take over penalty duty. Um, it's still I, – I have not seen, I have not heard anything on that, so keep that in mind. Um, I personally like Hollingshead for the defensive or for the bonus point potential. Um, he is a monster going forward and puts in a really good defensive shift when he has to. Um, I personally like him better than Hedges for potential bonus points, uh, just with the way Dallas has played historically. Um, he seems to be getting more consistent bonus points going forward and comparable bonus points playing defense as hedges. So I give him the edge there, but I couldn't fault you if you wanted to take hedges, especially against a team that likes to whip in crosses. Um, that's really knowing your matchup on that one. Um, I've been kind of running through a couple of different defenders, but those were the ones that I was really looking at. I do really like the Abubakar shout out um, Colorado this year. Hey, has a pretty stacked defense and I would not sleep on them at all. Um, Abubakar is probably your best bonus point producer, but their wingbacks do get in some pretty good shifts. James, you want to add anybody to that list? You know, you guys took all the players. Uh, I was actually, <laughs> so it's funny because I got a soft spot for Abubakar because 
he was one of the test players that we've been looking at when we're building out experiences because his last name shows up pretty much first at the top of the list. And number two, he was on loan inner MLS loan last year, which was a nice little edge case for us to test other products with. So he, um, that and his hair. And when yes. I watched, watched five minutes of that game over the weekend, he seemed to be everywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's got some energy going behind him. Um, you know, for me, I go clean sheet chasing. So I'm, I'm looking at Colorado. I, I, I just don't expect anything from Orlando until they can show me they can do anything, um, especially with Nani out. So, um, you know, I, I'm looking at for honestly, I'd look at a keeper there. I would look at a Bubakar. Um, and then I'm also looking at, at Seattle. Um, I think Leardam is a good choice there. Um, and then I, I, DC is still an option. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how well that back line can really produce. Um, so again, I would go clean sheet chasing. Um, and then I would have said the galaxy, but I'm going to focus on offense there. I guess, I guess Reed, I forgot my keeper picks for you too. Um, I'm running Hamid on the bench. Um, as James said, DC's defense, it's one of those, they've got an early enough game. I'm willing to gamble on that. Um, could go Jesse Gonzalez for another early game, but I like what I saw with Montreal more than what I'm what I saw with Miami so I'm kind of hedging my bets there and then I'm rolling into either Bingham or Clark either one of those two come up as my switcheroo option or keeper option um, against Vancouver I think you've got a better option with Bingham but he is a little more expensive and that may be a game where you want to take a little more offense from LA rather than defense and while I thought Nashville looked really good, I don't know that they were as threatening, and I wonder what that's going to look like up in Providence Park there in Portland. So I, I kind of want to see that one come out, but Clark being a little bit cheaper and not having as many attackers from that team, I think that's the other one I would look at. And that's a good point about price. I mean, I know we have $125 million, but my first draft team right here, I have $2.6 million left in my budget. And while that might seem a lot, maybe next year is going to get me three extra points, uh, it does change what you can do with your switcheroos, with your last-minute adjustments based on uh, lineups that you've seen. So uh, I had $11 million, I believe, extra left last week, and that gave me a lot of flexibility to make some adjustments on the fly based on, on lineups and points that I saw with my switcheroos getting. So uh, that I, I think we'll see budget becoming a, an issue earlier than many people may have thought. Uh, let's go on to midfielders. Blaine, who do you like? Yeah, so this one, I tried to... There's a lot of options here. There's a lot of different stuff going on, a lot of rotation in teams. Um, with Ladero out, um, I'm a big fan of Christian Roldan for Seattle. Um, 11 points this round, a monster game from him. Um, looks like he put up two assists, but he he is a focal point for that team when Ladero is out. And so I would always keep him on the radar. I know Columbus is one of those teams I think has a better defense, but at home I would still like to see him. A um, couple of younger guys. Um, Barco for Atlanta I think it comes really into prominence this week. He does get forward a little more um, with with Joseph out, I would expect him to pick up a lot more of that load. Um, just he had a good week last week. Um, I'll, I'd be willing to roll the dice there. Um, and don't let uh, Gotti Kinda slip under the radar for sporting. Um, absolute monster this week. Scored a beautiful goal, but he was he was pushing forward, running backwards. Uh, just he was everywhere all game. Uh, picked up an early yellow card and cleaned it up right after that. I mean just. 
one of those young younger electric players. I guess he's 25 coming in and just 8 million right now. Um, budget is a little bit of an issue. My first draft had 1 million left over. Second draft had 0.5 or half a million. So I'm just, I'm right there. So a couple of these cheaper options. Barco definitely comes in the list. And I know chat's been talking about him a little bit. Um, can't sleep on him. Uh, Jack Bryce for Colorado. Um, good two-way player. Going to be picking up bonus points forward and backwards. I think he had an assist this week for in part of his 12. Um, just one of those guys. He's going to do a little bit of everything. Going to be in the way defensively. Going to be trying to push forward. A um, little bit of a card risk from what I remember last year, but one of those guys, if they've got a good matchup and with the way the rest of the team's playing around him, I expect him to be racking up some bonus points all year long and can't sleep on him. My favorite part from the D.C. Colorado game was when the announcer was talking about how players change over the over the offseason. It's like someone looks a bit more fit, someone looks a little bit more buff, and they said, and then Jack Price's beard has just gotten thicker. And I was like, <laughs> truth. He, do- he does truth. have a pretty epic beard. Uh, James, who do you like for midfield? Pizuelo, Pizuelo, Pizuelo. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this, this guy, he, I, I was reading something where basically he played like a season and a half or more straight last year. And so, you know, I think the offseason did him well. I think Toronto at home, it's just, it, it you gotta, to me, he's, he's a must start template team kind of guy this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and then I'm, I'm looking at options from Seattle. I'm looking at Rodon. Um, and then I'd even toss in maybe whoever in the, is in the mid in LAFC, I think is always has a chance to at least grab an assist, if not more. Um, so I'd look at somebody maybe like a blessing or, you know, K or whoever else is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I think DC is another interesting place to just maybe try it one more week and, and hope for the mm-hmm. best. Um, I think Gressel out there. Um, I'm not sure if he's worth the 11 million, but um, yeah, I have yet to tinker with the lineup. <laughs> and then maybe just pick against Blaine and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think that big question with DC is going to be: Do you want to go with Gressel? Or do you want to go with Flores? Um, and I think that'll be interesting to see what happens. I. I know Gressel started out as a 10 last week. I didn't feel like that was very effective for him, and I felt like Flores just was all over the pitch at different times. He just kind of popped up in places, and he almost had that goal that got called back. So I, I think Flores does have uh, the ability to to make a big impact. I think David Goss was even talking about Flores as one of the the most important players, the new players coming in, even more important than Chicharito based on his impact with DC, so uh, I think that would be an interesting you, toss-up between that. You say that, but as I started off with the takeaway from the week, uh, Gressel got nine, Flores got three, and I don't know, I didn't get to watch all of that game. I don't know if Flores got limited minutes. Um, I think he played most of the game, though. He played like um, 70. Yeah. 70, yeah. Um, being and he was marked central, by Abubakar. Yeah, but being that central facilitator and playing the 10 makes a huge difference, and as long as you've got Gressel in that role... I would be willing to ride out Gressel through that. Um, they just grabbed Frederico, Frederico Iguain today. That's a big one, big signing. That could push Gressel back out to the wing or back out to a wing back, which changes the way this team plays and changes the viability of Gressel. But if he's going to be the 10, um, 
just how he's played everywhere, I think you have to go for it. And I know last year a lot of Atlanta fans with Pity not playing well were actually kind of calling for Gressel to play that 10 role. If he's there, I don't see how you can pass on him or take anybody else in the D.C. midfield ahead of him. See, I'd have to rewatch the game because I don't remember from from what I remember saying if he was getting his points when he was playing as that 10 role or if him when he had drifted out to the side sending in the crosses because that was his bread and butter at Atlanta was being able to come out on the wing bombing the balls to get the Joseph and I saw some of that this week which didn't actually connect with everybody and I don't remember where he was when he was getting his points and I did see Flores making some dangerous moves almost getting that goal uh, but no it's an, it's you're exactly right that's part of the conversation how's it going to be going forward and uh, that's that's part of the conversation. Uh, let's see. Did I cut you off, James? Did you get all yours in? Can I interest anyone in a Pizarro? Maybe. I don't <laughs> you know. Never know. Uh, that, that would be a tough sell with how high we are on DC's defense. Yeah. <laughs> we just like our newcomers here at MLS. I do. I mean, he's he's one to keep an eye on. If you're looking at the people at, at, at Miami, I think he's one to... To watch, um, but yeah, that that first home match is going to be quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. Off the hook. Yeah, now that may be where I pick him up for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, just to add some more, you guys covered a lot of what what I had. I, I think price is price is not a bad pick as well. Uh, I think uh, if you're looking for a road player, that Rusnak's a differential option. Maybe you have him as a, a switcheroo. He plays early off your bench. RSL's a different machine when they're at home. Uh, I say machine because I don't know if they'll be a beast or not. It was it was a little bit hot or cold last season, but RSL tends to play different at home, and Rusnak's always been been the one to go to. Uh, Pax and Pomacall, I think he came in and did well last week, and uh, against Montreal, depending on how they look, could be good for points again this round. And uh, maybe Valeri. I don't know. Valeri's in my team right now. He's one that's definitely one that I'm considering ditching the most. Uh, and then it's going to come down. We've seen in chat already discussions between Barco and Pity back and forth. Uh, I'm on Team Barco right now myself. If you want to get him, I still think holding on Atlanta is is the best advice. But that's going to be a discussion going forward is Team Barco or Team Pity. Um, one other name to throw out while we're in this. I kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, Daniel Royer was lined up as a second striker um, for Red Bulls. If they're going to play a 4-4-2 with Royer up top listed as a midfielder, that could be a recipe for success. He's had a lot of success in years past playing in and around the box and giving him, I mean, if you're getting a a fourth forward in the midfield slot, that's never a bad thing to look at. I think that covers most of them. The one thing I will say to end this is with Kenda, I have him on my list as well. I think he's a great shout out. The only worry I have about sporting Kansas city this year is that they pick up some of that, a Houston trait from last year of so many players with the ability to score and the ability to generate fantasy points that it's hard to nail down which player you actually want in this shuffles. New York's a, a little bit like that too with with uh, Kaku and Royer and Velo, like all those guys. It, it makes it kind of hard at times to know where to put your points and can be kind of a crapshoot. So that's, that's just some of the takeaways I have right now from them. Uh, let's go on to forwards. We'll let you kick this one off, James. So for me, you know, I'm looking at LA. I, I, I brought that up now about three times. So I'm looking at Pavon. I mean, he's, I liked him last year. I like him this year. 
Um, I think Colorado against Orlando. I think Kamara is <laughs> pretty interesting there. And then finally, it's kind of uh, take your pick of Houston. I think there's a couple of options there that with uh, Minotas and, and at least that um, depending. Well, is at least out or is he playing? I think he was he played out this weekend. Yeah, I thought. So you know, you'd have to just monitor that situation. Um, no, he did not. He I thought he was out he was last out. week. Yeah, he was out. Yeah, sorry, my yeah. bad. He was so, out. He was out. You know, I think Houston has a good chance to to, to score a couple. So maybe I put all my money in on Minotas. Um and then finally somebody from Portland. I'd probably maybe look at Mora. There you go, Blaine. Who are you looking at? Um, well, I didn't have him in week one, and I think it was a mistake. So I got to bring Vela back in against Philly. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I, I gambled with the rotation, and he played, and that's fine. He didn't burn me as bad as he could have. I, you know, I'll take that nine points. It wasn't a double goal game for him. Um, I agree. I think Pavone's your must-have forward for this week. Uh, the way Vancouver's playing right now, they played it didn't look good at home and it's going to be bad playing in LA. So you, you've got to have Pavone in there this week. I hate to say it, but that's probably your must own uh, starting to build the template team here, but yeah, he's got to be the start of it. And then I'm going against James on this one. I'm going Polito against Houston at home. Um, looked good in the first match. Um, probably could have gotten a few more points, but he played the smart way and just held the ball up there at the end. Um, but I expect his um, his chemistry to get better with the rest of the team. Uh, Shelton looked good playing beside him, and then Keen to behind him. I, I just I see a lot of good things coming here. He looked really good and kind of dominated the dominated the box when he was there with the ball. Um, I expect him to turn it on at some point, and I think this could be the match. Homer, what? <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just no, a it's little. first time we've had first time we've had a forward I can actually Homer over. There you go. That's that's for sure. I guess we can we can give that to you. Uh, I I think easily I could see myself running the same three forwards I ran last week with Vela, Pavone, and Bo. Uh, I think again I like I really like Pavone. So what? Maybe we have two template players this week. Uh, that's not bad. Uh, I think I think Pavone is a great shot against LA. I I like Vela again. So I could see those two guys being go tos. I don't think he'll rotate this week. I just I just hate that he plays the last game. I hate that he plays the last game. However, that would be an easy pivot to Rossi or somebody. Um, and then your third guy is I think going to be the fun one. Maybe it's Bo. I think Andrasic getting the Cobra. Is a, is a great shout-out this week, again, against Montreal to see what they're going to do. Um, that That's going to be a tough call. And uh, maybe you could look to Kamara to see if he could do something against Miami, but they, they did pretty well last week. So I, I think for me it's really going to come down to, like, Bo or Andrasic as a third forward. But uh, you guys have also given some good – I mean, I can't – I'm going to throw out Morris there too. Heck of it. I'm going to throw out Morris. He did really well last week. Um, I think that if – Maybe he's not who I go with, but I think he's one worth in the conversation for those of you listening who are just looking for some more options. I, th- I think he's a guy to look at. And maybe Kamara. There we go. Yeah, I, I, I like your, your bow pick there. I don't think we're giving enough love to the Revs. I think that their surge late last year, you know, riding that into this year, even with heel out, you know, I think that, that Bo is a good pick at home against the fire. You know, that I have no faith in the fire just because they couldn't pull a roster together until last minute. So um, to me, that's a red flag. Um, 
I think you can ride Bo until he proves you wrong. Oh, Brian, I'm not going to pass any viruses by coughing into my hand. Especially when it's a fake cough. But otherwise, yes, I do do the vampire. Stay cough. away from Joe Corona. <laughs> that's my so, tip of the week. That's what it is. Just I do. I do wonder. How, I do wonder what's going to happen with with travel up there to Washington. But we'll see. We'll let you guys work on that, James. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to captain picks to round this out. Uh, Blaine's with Lily right now. So James, who is your potential early captain for right now? You know, I, I I said his name three times. He didn't appear in my living room, but you know, Pizuelo, Pizuelo, uh, uh, I'm I'm either leaning towards him, um, or Pavone. I mean, he, I I, I expect goals. I expect him to score them. So, um, those are those are my two picks that I'll probably tinker up until the last minute and then go with Zardes. There you go. Pause or Pav. Then Zardes. Blaine, captain. Yeah, Lily's here with me now, and Lily likes to make my captain picks. Lily, what's that name? Can you say it? Pavone. Pavone. There we go. Lily's picking Pavone this week. There we go. We'll see how that works out. Uh, I have the captain on Pavone as well right now, so uh, potentially all three of us are in agreement. Though I do, I do like Pozuelo. He was one of the first, actually, James, the first players I put into my team this week when I was drafting. I just I looked at my team and I went, yeah, I could probably ride Pozuelo one more week. And I just plop, and that's where it started. Yeah, I just expect big things from Toronto at home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially with New York City not having the greatest showing and a red card. Come on, it's got to be it's just cold too. So at <laughs> outdoor stadium, cold. it's just cold. Uh, chat is pretty much with us. Uh, got a couple of Pavones right there. Uh, some people looking at between Pavone, Price, Price or Bo. A Price. That's a bold. That's a bold pick. I do really like midfielders as captain picks, but I don't. I don't know about Price. Uh, it seems like it's mostly Pavone with with at least one Vela thrown in there. So we will see what happens. Those are some great picks from you, chat. That's all that we have for the show tonight. I want to thank so much, James, for coming out and chatting with us, staying the whole time, giving us some early thoughts on teams. Uh, we're going to do our, our plugs and wrap thing up right now. So, James, feel free to plug anything you want to talk about for the last time right now. Yeah, of course. Um, number one, you should be playing MLS Fantasy as much as humanly possible. Um, you know, I'll plug the game. I'll plug my Twitter account and uh Feel free to reach out to me with any suggestions. Tell me how great the game is. Tell me why you think it's terrible, and I'll give you a, a nice uh, rebuttal as to why I disagree. Um, go play <laughs> MLS Predict 6. You could win 50 grand. Um, official rules apply. Yeah, must be 21 or older. Um, <laughs> there we go. And, and then finally, go download the MLS app where you can play Fantasy and Predict 6 on the go. You can follow your favorite club, match highlights, etc. And please reach out to me if you have any suggestions improvements for the, the app itself i'm gonna just plug mls properties and what is your twitter love all j so it's a riff on ballo kind of flipped so it's l-o-w-b-a-l-l-j there we go blaine yeah i just gotta say thank you to the community again you guys are the reason why we do it and i didn't get roasted too hard for captain zardes this week so i don't feel too bad i mean i should get i should have gotten roasted worse than i did and then a big thank you to james and the team at mls for all the work they do i mean i, I just can't thank them enough 
Um, I'm really excited about this season, and Lily's saying hi to everybody, too. Um, I appreciate that the community doesn't get too mad about having little kid interruptions in the middle of our shows. I think you got roasted enough, Blaine, for your draw with Weeby, so we had to go... Uh, yeah there's that too for the rest of this week uh as for myself you can catch out the articles over at mlsfantasyboss.com uh there'll be more later in the season as we start getting more data to make our our predictions and some of the the better uh, stats articles but check out over mlsfantasyboss.com you can still join our fantasy league if you'd like uh that you have to follow the registration rules and you can also get the the full schedule and i'll be putting up the EUL, ELO rankings, and the Switcheroo video out there, uh, reposting it so people can see that. Uh, also, be sure to check out r slash fantasy MLS for the great community there. Head over to the Discord chat, which you can get through from MLSFantasyBoss.com. It's a fantastic community over there. Lots of former champions as well to give out tips and advice. It's it's a must-stop shop. I, I'd like to hit a bunch of different places before I settle my final team because I'll inevitably will tweak up to the last minute and that's a great resource there and of course head over to mlssoccer.com and check out uh, Skyler's regular article for player position rankings and i'll have some stuff over there as double game weeks start to pop up thank you so much everyone for listening tonight uh thank you to james and good luck thank you guys